I'm Melody Kniper with Kniper Ranch in Candelia, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we see another slight improvement in the weekly USDA Texas cotton condition ratings this week. But that in no way means we have a better looking cotton crop. It's still very bad. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Texas High Plains farmers have some things to watch for right now from an economic perspective. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The impact of the drought on Texas High Plains cotton will result in millions of acres of cotton being abandoned. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. President Biden has signed the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. What's in it for farmers and ranchers? I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have some insights on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas cotton condition ratings continue to make slight improvements thanks to recent rains. But overall, the crop is still in very bad condition. USDA now rating the Texas cotton crop at 17% good to excellent, 38% fair, and 45% poor to very poor. USDA's Brad Rippey says our region still has the worst cotton in the nation. It is the Southern Great Plains continuing to drive this cotton condition lower. Even with the improvement, Texas cotton, 45% very poor to poor, a modest improvement from last week's 53%. But we saw cotton conditions declining slightly in Oklahoma, now 57% very poor to poor, and Kansas now 46% very poor to poor. And keep in mind, these ratings are on the cotton that is still out in the field. It does not include the massive acreage of abandoned cotton in our state. And the drought is causing our crop to mature early. But what's really driving this number above average is, of course, Texas. 41% of the cotton bowls open there. Five-year average is 30%. That's not necessarily a good thing. It does mean that the crop has been accelerated in terms of development by heat and drought earlier in the season. So not necessarily a positive there in terms of cotton bowls open. 11% of the Texas cotton has been harvested now. Harvest progress on our other crops shapes up like this. 59% of the corn now harvested. 
68% of sorghum harvested, and 81% of the rice crop in Texas now out of the field. Everyone in Texas is struggling this year to get enough forage to take cow herds through the winter. Matthew Kruger of Stockdale, Texas, says he's faced several hurdles this year. Usually we put up about 1,800 round bills a year. We sell a good majority of that, keep about 400 for ourselves for cows, but uh, we didn't even make 400 for ourselves for the cows this year. And that was with irrigation and and being diesel prices are so high, it's it's hard to even make ends meet to water to make hay. And, you know, fertilizer this year was through the roof and chemicals where everything was so high. It's, I don't know, this year's just been, it's been a struggle. And like most other cattlemen, Kruger is destocking and turning to corn stalks for survival. He says he's trying to stockpile as many corn stalk bales as possible to get him through the winter and hopefully have a little extra to help any neighbors who run short on winter feed. Texas High Plains farmers have some economic issues to watch out for this fall. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. The crop insurance sales closing deadline for winter wheat is coming up soon, and Rachel Myers of Myers Crop Insurance in Claude is advising Texas High Plains farmers to analyze the situation before they buy. The wheat price is in the price setting period right now, and it's tracking at $8.62 a bushel. We started last year at seven oh eight, and I can tell you that sticker shock was pretty large last year on premium. So, you know, coming off of a failed year, 862 wheat and high volatility um, premiums, they're going to definitely leave a mark. So I want producers to be well aware of what they're getting into when they purchase that wheat policy. So just don't always assume that what you did last year is going to be the right thing for this year. So go sit down with your crop insurance agent and look through those quotes and, and just see where you're at on coverage and cost. Switching over now to summer crops, we're getting more data on how things are going around the country with another big batch of numbers due out from USDA on Monday. Texas A&M AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez says farmers need to watch for pricing opportunities in the weeks ahead. We could see some change in price in the near future that I would expect to be upward. Now, whether it's on that day or not, you know, I like to focus on reports of note that might be market movers. But if we're getting indications going forward that crop failure has already been priced in, then you may not see a big jump that day. But I'd be watching in the lead up to the next failed acres data to see whether or not there's some ability to market at a higher price. Some good advice from both Rachel Myers and Justin Benavidez. Obviously, as one crop season winds down and a new one is about to begin, there's a lot going on at the present time that can make a big difference for farmers economically. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We are on the downhill side of a disastrous Texas cotton crop. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at how that crop is looking as we head into fall. My guest today is Cody Bessent. He is Chief Executive Officer of Plains Cotton Growers in Lubbock. And uh, Cody, although it, it has started raining up here on the High Plains and other regions of the state of Texas, uh, the drought of 2022 is certainly uh, put a dent in agriculture across the state, uh, row crops, livestock uh, production, and cotton. Talk about how many acres of cotton were planted up here on the 42-county area of the High Plains and uh, how much of that is expected to be harvested this year. 
Now, we're estimating anywhere from 4.2 to 4.5 million acres were planted in the 42 county areas. From a, an abandonment rate standpoint, we're looking at probably 60 to 70 percent of those planted acres are set to be or have been fully abandoned at this point. So roughly about a million to a million and a half acres, we assume we'll, we will be able to harvest. Certainly a lot lower than what we saw in 2021. This year's been very challenging even compared to the 2011 crop year. What about the quality of the cotton that we will be harvested. Quality should be relatively good. Uh, we've had low insect pressure thresholds, so not a lot of impact on that. Yield is going to be the biggest component. Our yield is going to be certainly lower than, than we are accustomed to, even on irrigated acres. The vast majority of dry land, if not all of that, is non-existent at this point in time. From a quality-based standpoint, we expect the quality to still be base, if not better. Challenges may, we may run into toward the end of this cycle is if we have any open bowls that come out that will have some rainfall on it at a later date that could have some quality impact or other issues that may impact it as well. But overall, we expect the quality to be good, just the yield is going to be a lower component. That again is Cody Best, and he is a Chief Executive Officer of Plains Cotton Growers. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Inflation Reduction Act is now law. Gary Joyner tells us what's in that bill for agriculture. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 is signed and delivered. It's not really about inflation at all. The $770 billion package includes tax and financial provisions, include many that will impact agriculture. The bulk of the spending is climate-related, but it also extends expiring Affordable Care Act subsidies. The Agricultural and Food Policy Center at Texas A&M just published a study of the package. The center says the IRA provides a significant short-term infusion of funding for select conservation programs. Benefiting are programs such as the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, the Conservation Stewardship Program, the Agricultural Conservation Easement Program, and the Regional Conservation Partnership Program. The IRA also provides funding for a variety of rural development and forestry priorities. The extent to which the additional funding is perceived as helpful will largely depend on how the U.S. Department of Agriculture implements the provisions, according to the center. The package does not directly address the significant increase in production cost faced by farmers and ranchers. Inflation continues to have serious impacts. The funding could also complicate the upcoming Farm Bill discussions, since the infusion will expire years before the next Farm Bill. A growing number of concerns remain. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Teal hunting season opens this weekend. I'm Jessica Dolmull, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And the FDA has issued warning letters to four companies illegally selling unapproved animal drugs containing CBD. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Before you go out this summer, Texas A&M Forest Service wants you to keep these extreme heat safety tips in mind. Stay hydrated. Check with local county and city officials for burn bans and fire restrictions. Always have some water readily available if you light a fire or are working with equipment. Make sure your equipment is maintained and clean. Keep water with your equipment and have a plan. With these dry and hot conditions, one spark can lead to a large wildfire. For more information, visit tfsweb.tamu.edu. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The Food and Drug Administration has issued warning letters to four companies illegally selling unapproved animal drugs containing CBD that are intended for use in food-producing animals. Dr. Bob Judd says there's a big difference between CBD supplements and CBD drugs. The FDA indicates that any product intended to treat a disease or otherwise have a therapeutic or medical use or any product other than a food that is intended to affect the structure or function of the body of humans or animals is classified as a drug. There's only one approved CBD product to treat a rare type of epilepsy in children. Therefore, all other CBD products intended for use as a drug are illegal to sell and are unapproved drugs. It is illegal to make claims on the label, such as helping farm animals with stress, anxiety, pain, inflammation, and injuries, as this makes the product a drug and not a supplement. Also, statements indicating that a product promotes a calming effect, maintains a healthy gut, maintains healthy joints, maintains normal behavior, and maintains a normal inflammatory response, all are characteristics of drugs and not supplements. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA to determine their effectiveness and safety and the correct dosage. Using these products in food animals is not only a concern about the safety of the animals, but the safety of human food products like meat and milk produced by these animals. Lots of medications used in food animals have residues in products produced by the food animals and the withdrawal periods of CBD is unknown. Also, relying on unapproved drugs places the animal at risk for getting a proper diagnosis and treatment. Lots of the CBD products claim to reduce anxiety that can be caused by multiple medical conditions requiring a diagnosis, so a veterinary visit is needed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Teal season opens this weekend. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. There's good news for Texas hunters who plan to take advantage of the statewide teal hunting season that opens this weekend. Kevin Cry, waterfowl program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says thankfully much of the state has received some much-needed rainfall, which has increased the amount of waterfowl habitat. He says parts of South Texas and the Gulf Coast received 400 to 600 percent of their normal rainfall this past month. Areas of northeast Texas received record rainfall, causing rivers and reservoir levels to rise, flooding good duck food areas, and increasing available waterfowl habitat. Unfortunately, much of east and central Texas is still very dry, and rainfall is needed. The number of ducks in those areas may be lower than in areas of the state that received more rainfall. They have an uncanny sense of knowing where new water is. They'll fly hundreds and hundreds of miles in a given day just because they somehow sense there's new water on the landscapes. Teal season opens statewide on Saturday, September 10th. There's a six-bird bag limit that can include blue-winged teal, green-winged teal, and cinnamon teal. Hunters are required to have a valid Texas hunting license, migratory game bird endorsement, a valid federal duck stamp, and harvest information program certification. The rails, gallinules, and moorhens season also opens on Saturday, September 10th. It runs through the 25th and then reopens November 5th and will run through December 28th. 
The early Canada goose hunting season also opens Saturday. That's for the eastern part of our state. Be sure to check out this year's outdoor annual for all of this year's rules and regulations for all of those species. We'll have more on goose hunting season on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a mixed trade on Thursday in the cattle complex, but some nice gains in the cotton market. We'll take a look at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle futures traded both sides of unchanged on Thursday. In the end, we ended up with a mixed close. The nearby October was up 12, 144.37. December live cattle down 42 at 149.65. February down 22 cents at 154.27. Feeder cattle closed higher with September feeders up 30 cents, 182.32. October feeders up 45 at 184.40. November feeder cattle up 30 cents, 185.75. Cash fed cattle trade still fairly quiet. Here in Texas, feedlots holding out for higher money this week. We've seen asking prices of 143 to 144 but still don't have any sales to report. Now, we do have a few sales, light trade up in Kansas, cattle selling at 141. Up north, Nebraska seeing a few dressed sales at 226 to 227 on the rail. Boxed beef was lower Thursday, choice down 229 at 259.05, select down 72 at 236.79. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Let's get started with Phil Brockenbush, Giddings Livestock. They sell them on Monday. Phil, how did it go? Heck, it turned out good, Larry. We wound up with 717 uh, on a on a kind of steady, a little cheaper cow market from last week, and then the calf market was was really good. It was it was better. Good. Walk the pins with us, please. All right. Your steers, 300 and back, averaged around 165, brought up to 215. Three to four weights, 171 to 225. Four to five weights, 169 to 212 and a half. Five to six weights, 165 to 187 and a half. Six to seven weights, 156 to 170. Seven to eight weights, 128 to 157. Your heifer mates, 300 and back, averaged around 156, brought up to 192 and a half. Three to four weights, 164 to 185. Four to five weights 158 to 180 five to six weights 154 to 180 six to seven weights 135 to 158 seven to eight weights 121 to 144 
Bull yearling, seven to eight hundred fifty pounds, a dollar to a dollar fifty-seven, eight hundred fifty to a thousand pounds, ninety to one fifty a year. Bulls, the high yielding bulls, a dollar to a dollar thirteen. Medium yielding bulls, eighty-five to ninety-nine. Your packer cows, the high yielding ones, eighty to ninety-seven and a half. Medium yielding cows, sixty to seventy-five. Your little thin cows, thirty to fifty-five. Good. So it was pretty good. Good. What do you anticipate for next week? Uh, you know, it's going to be shorter here for for a couple weeks anyways, I would think. You know, we got a little grass growing, and, and uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I, I just think the numbers will be shorter. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Phil. All right, you can call me at 979-716-4395 or call the barn at 979-542-2274. Phil, thanks for being on Walking the Pins. Neighbor, thanks for listening. I'm Larry Marble. This is... The Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finished mix. The nearby October was up a dollar five, ninety-two twelve. December hogs down ninety-two cents at eighty-two sixty-seven. Class three milk was mixed also. Nearby September milk down fourteen cents, nineteen seventy a hundred weight, while October milk was up twenty-seven at twenty sixty-one a hundred. Big gains in the cotton market on Thursday with supply concerns supporting the market. Pakistan saying it will need to import an additional 1 million bales to make up for the damage caused to their cotton crop by recent floods. India also seeing some damage to their cotton crop because of heavy rains. That helped to support prices with December up 222 points, 103.84. March up 220 at $1.75. Traders squaring up positions as we head into Monday's big USDA WASDE report. That ended up pushing corn and wheat both slightly lower. September corn down two and a quarter, 674 and a half. December corn down two and a half at 668 and a half. Both hard and soft wheat lower on Thursday's trade. July Kansas City wheat down ten and a half at eight eighty one and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down ten at eight forty nine and a half. In the energy markets, October natural gas up nine cents at seven ninety three. October crude oil up a dollar twenty six at eighty three twenty a barrel. The financial markets were higher Thursday afternoon. The Dow up a hundred nine points at thirty one thousand six eighty nine. The Nasdaq up 29, 11,821. The S&P up 14 at 3,994. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.